0: hear me what on earth is this why it's a little a little ball of glass I think snowy inside somehow hello can you see me
1: I think this is a snow
0: globe I'm down here hello I think they call it that do you see it here my friends Let's pick it up carefully. There's a little voice within it. We must be very gentle. Inside, it's a building. A familiar place. A place I know very well. I can see the outside of it. The little windows, the little balconies. And on one of those little balconies, about halfway up, there's a little someone, tiny, I can barely see them, staring up and out, I think watching me back, perhaps. I know who she is. She knows who I am. You know who we are. Let us not be cute about this. I did away with that kind of pretense long ago. You know I am both writer and subject and human and monster. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so bored of keeping the two separate. Here I am, with my softer, more vulnerable self in the palm of my hand. And she's very, very small. And I think she's stuck again. Stuck inside, like a lot of others just like her. Luckily, I'm not. I'm free. I'm in a forest. I have claimed my birthright, the birthright we are all entitled to, but were most of us denied, of the earth. So that helps a little, I suppose. What a monstrous sight I must be to her, holding her in my hand. I must seem so large and looming, so all-encompassing. Or perhaps I'm a very comforting presence. An all-powerful, gigantic set of watchful and caring eyes, looking down at her. She doesn't seem afraid, so let's go with that. Then again I think I am all frozen. I seem to be moving more slowly. I seem to be cold all the time. I don't mind it, but I feel it. I don't really know what I look like anymore. I left that behind a while ago. I'm certain it's frightening, though. From what I can tell by looking at my fingertips, I think they're becoming a little sharper. I'm becoming sharper in places like broken ice. I'm becoming softer in others, I'm certain. But I'm all bundled up in a blanket I found. Or perhaps it was left behind as a gift from another caring soul who wandered into these woods, looking for the monster who reigns here. I appreciate these gifts so much, my friends. It is just a grey blanket, pale and very soft and probably knit by hand. But I've wrapped it around myself, and I've decorated it with other little things I've found in my woods. Other little trinkets and tributes, plastic or metal or jeweled or string or crystal or otherwise. And I wear this coat of treasures to remind me how grateful I am for each and every visitor. And because it's pretty. And because it's warm. The little figure in the snow globe the size of a grain of rice looks up at it, admiringly. Of course she does. Of course I do. What card did I draw this week? Oh, yes. What card did I draw this week? Something has changed here in my forest, as always. But something has changed here because the world has changed. The world looks different today than it did not long ago. But that is the nature of the thing. But something has also changed with me. And that is also the nature of that thing but I want to know what it is, is all. So I asked my tarot cards, What has changed here? I shuffled them and I did not feel certain as I did so. A card fell, but it was pentacles and I cannot bear to think of money, so I recognized it. It was a good, fruitful money card, but you see I just can't stand the thought of coins. I just can't and it fell so clumsily that I knew it wasn't the card for me. I kept shuffling. I spread the cards out in one long line and picked the one that called to me and it was the Six of Cups. The card for innocence. Childish joy. Childhood. Nostalgia. Nostalgia pleasant memory. I have spoken of this card before in a story about a strange and wonderfully monstrous frog girl. But I spoke then of wanting to return to a rosy childhood that is long gone. This time, I looked at the card, and it struck me that it is not childhood I am focused on this time, but rather childishness. The good kind of childishness. The notion that if we were all a little more like children, if we allowed our hearts to be childlike, we would certainly be much, much better for it. To allow ourselves the vulnerability, the empathy, the compassion, the open-heartedness of a child. Can we extend it to the world? To societies? to whatever on earth this disaster we've created is. If we could make the collective spirit of our society, all of our societies in all their similarities and differences, revert back to what they were in their infancy, could we be better for it? Maybe we don't have to lose all of the innovation, the progress, the technology... But I think we might. That is the crux of it, isn't it? When we've bitten the proverbial apple, how do we go back? I don't know if we can. But I long to. So do I. I think that's why I find myself in this forest. Easy to say I don't need a house here. I am a frozen monster. Easy to say I don't need to participate in pentacles here. I can forget money even exists. Easy to say progress and technology and man-made wonders aren't welcome here. And so, so easy to type that on my computer and record that on my microphone and send to you over whatever on earth the internet is. Easy for me to say, easy for me to say, easy for me to say. Hard to go back, hard to go back, hard to go back. And I don't think we're meant to. We can't undo what's been done. What's done is done, and can't be undone.
1: Hey, that's...
0: Anyway, my dear friends... It was hard. Doing an episode this week. I needed to rest, you see, and then all of a sudden everything fell apart here and I had to scramble. The forest was very quiet and then suddenly very unquiet, you see. Lots of us had to pivot, as they love to call it, on a dime and... And the creatures here, the spirits, all the magic here was full of chaos and not the lovely kind. It's hard to complain when it's so much worse for so many others. I feel a rumbling like the earth shifting underneath me. I see everyone saying how tired and scared they are all the time. The sounds of ghosts on the wind is not the same comfort as it was before. I'm just so worried for them. I worry about a lot of things. I lose sleep over it. It's just a cacophonous roar. Everyone is worried. Things are changing. Things are changed forever. Shh. i need to just hold the little snow globe my little tired scared self is trapped in i hold it close to my heart i press it against my cloak of treasures the gift of others love the gift of my own love breathe deeply in Out. There you go. Thank you. I'm here. Let's each tell a story. Little me, trapped in the snow globe apartment, scared and angry and tired. What would make you feel better? What kind of story would you like? Um, a creepy one. Obviously. With a creature who is beautiful and frightening? Naturally. Wait, no, maybe instead a protagonist who is transformed into something monstrous? Or perhaps a ghost? Or what are you the most afraid of right now? I don't want to talk about that then what do you miss the most? What is your six of cups? There was a night by a lake in the woods. Not long ago, A place I don't often go. I know it's a place where you live, but it's a place where I don't often go. I was sitting on a wooden deck. There was only a candle. It was late at night. There were flies, insects everywhere, things you don't often mention in your imaginary woods. But I didn't mind. As they bit me, you see, I knew I was in their territory, and it was a reasonable price to see what I saw next. For I looked up, and the amount of stars... (sighs) If you could have seen it with me. I never knew. I never imagined I could ever see so many stars. Not in my waking life. Stars everywhere, like a painter, shook their paintbrush after dipping it in white paint and carelessly splashed the black tapestry overhead, resulting in the most beautiful work of art in the entire world, in the entire universe. More beautiful than anything in my imagination. More beautiful even than you, my fictional friend. I only went inside when I heard a sound. A rustling of the trees. I was alone, you see, and I heard a breathing. A hoarse, heavy breathing. It may have been in my imagination. There was a cry from a loon, and though it was comforting, despite the fact that the loon's call is so sorrowful and baleful, like an awful warning, even though I was comforted by it. I heard the rustling growing closer, and the breathing growing louder, and I suddenly recalled that I was not in my city. I was alone, in a forest, by a lake, and whatever it was in the bushes, in the trees, it was home. It knew this place better than I. Slowly and respectfully, I extinguished the candles and I went back inside. I locked the screen door and I could not see anything beyond it. Just an empty black void, but I still heard the rustling and the breathing. It was not long ago, but I felt like a child in that moment. I welcomed the reminder that we are foolish little things, and this is not only our world. What do you think it was? I'll never know for sure, but I miss every bit of the encounter, all of it. The stars, the air, the lake, even whatever it was in the trees. Perhaps especially whatever it was in the trees. Shall I tell you what it was? Yes, please. Answer me something first. What are you the most afraid of right now? That I'll never have that feeling again. Being in the woods. In nature. Just like you. With the stars. But not being lonely because I was not alone. I was instead afraid. Because I knew I was not alone. And that was a good fear. Better than this fear that I won't ever have that fear again. I have my story for you now. Finally. It's just for you. For you, sweet girl. Because I think you deserve a story this week. Let me tell you what I am nostalgic for. Let me tell you the past my heart longs for. There was another winter, like the one you are currently stuck in, in your little glass ball, only much, much, much worse, long ago. A winter where any living thing, human, beast, otherworldly, doesn't matter. Every living thing found themselves isolated, too. Even if it was in small groups, they were isolated for a very, very long time. Because it was terribly cold, almost too cold to survive. Most didn't survive. And this terrible cold, this very, very dangerous cold, lasted for years and years and years and years, and yes, time does not exist, and indeed it did not for whatever creatures survived this ice age, because all they knew was cold. But in that cold, they became brave, they became wise, they became compassionate, and they became endlessly imaginative. One evening, a family hid in the cave they lived in, the cave they would spend most of the winter in, maybe even most of their lives in. Except for the odd time a few courageous souls would wear as many pelts and furs as possible, sewed together with the fiber of whatever plants they could salvage in that endless ice and use whatever wood and stone they could to make weapons to hunt. That was the most treacherous part. But one evening, one small, perhaps insignificant evening, in this seemingly endless ice age, a family hid in the cave they lived in, and they gathered around the fire. And one woman, a wise woman, very probably an ancestor of yours, my dear, told a story. She told a story of a long lost time when there was no snow, no ice age, no horrible freezing cold, at least not all year round. She told a story of the summer time. a summer's night long ago, when she was sitting outside in a forest with nothing but a little fire to keep her company. With a soft, low voice that rose and fell, she described the sight of the stars overhead, something they never saw, for the night was far too cold to go out and look at the sky. She described how wondrous they were, and imagined back then how many more she could see, in that clear, unpolluted air. It must have been magnificent. She described being lost in the glory of it, when all of the sudden, she heard something from among the trees. A rustling. A hoarse kind of breathing. Breathing. She had the distinct feeling of being watched, but she could not see by what. She felt a fear, a deep kind of fear, primal and ancient and very necessary. She stared into the shadows, brave young thing that she was at the time, and tried to see what was making the noise. The rustling came closer. The breathing grew louder, and the fire went out. The entire family around the fire inside the cave gasped at the thought. Darkness? Complete darkness outside at night? It was unthinkable. Who knew what lay in wait there? They hunted by day, but what did the hunting at night The storyteller continued her tale. On that summer's night from her youth, alone in the dark, she waited. And she listened. But unlike you, she did not back away behind a screen door. She did not have a screen door. She was not far away from her family's camp, though, and in the distance she could see the fire... But if she ran and brought the beast to them, what would happen? What if she never even made it? What if the creature was faster than her? No, see, sometimes remaining still and remaining calm is safer than running. So she breathed deeply in. Out, and what she saw next she couldn't believe she could barely describe it but she did her best she took a little red and black paint from little clay pots nearby between her fingers and using them she drew on the walls of the cave and she began to draw a creature for her family. It was tall, several feet taller than her. It had enormous antlers, black and shining as onyx. Its legs were strong and thick and it had three clawed toes on each foot. Somehow, It had the face of a man. It seemed to wear a cloak made of night sky, so that it could hide itself easily. And if it was spotted, it could dazzle its victim or aggressor with the beauty of the stars. She described the creature and drew it as best she could for her little family by the fireside. The strangest thing about it, she continued, The strangest thing was that it understood her, and she understood it. And terrified though she was, she stood her ground as it spoke to her. What did it say? The youngest child at the fire asked. She leaned in closely to relay the creature's message. The night is long. The stars are far The fire is strong And so you are The night is cold The stars are too The fire is bright The fire is you The night is long
1: The stars are far The fire is strong And so is cold the stars are too the fire is bright
0: the fire is you the, night the child is smiled long. the, the stars family smiled are far. The, the storyteller smiled and so do you know why the storyteller smiled she didn't smile because it was an incredible memory she smiled Because she made it up. The entire story. The monster. It's riddle. She made it all up. Well, not all of it. There was a night when she was alone with the stars, just like you were. And she heard something, just like you did. But her imagination did the rest. And her imagination is what got the family through the ice age that night. And I think perhaps your imagination might get you through yours. It's so hard to tell because you're so small in that snow globe. You seem so far away. But it looks like you're smiling. Maybe a little. There it is. What a gift. Did you make that story up? No, you did. Thank Thank you. you. I hold the little snow globe up to my face and press it against my forehead. Treasured little soul in there, afraid but not alone, and with only her imagination to give. I think perhaps... Tonight, it is enough.
1: The stars are far, the fire is strong, and so you are. The night is cold, the stars are too, the fire is bright, the fire is you, the night is long, the stars are far, the fire is strong, and so you are, the night is cold. The stars are too, the fire is bright, the fire is you. The night is long, the stars are far, the fire is strong, and so you
0: are. Sweet dreams, my friends. You are welcome at my fire anytime, should you need a story to help you through this cold. I will keep telling them because it is what I need to do. Good night. Everybody, This is Kristen Zaza, your writer, host, narrator, little voice inside the snow globe, composer, podcaster, etc. Thank you for joining me for episode 176. I very much appreciate it, and I appreciate your patience as I came back from a holiday break. I'm a little discombobulated, out of time, having a little trouble getting back into the swing of things. I hope you've been staying safe and taking care out there. We're in another basically lockdown here in Ontario. I'm back working from home and isolating again, and it's been kind of scary. And of course, I imagine it is much, much more so for those in different circumstances than I. So I want to say, hang in there, my friends. Do whatever you can to take care of yourself and take care of each other more than ever, too. And despite all of that, I am unabashedly telling everyone Happy New Year, because we can still do our best to make it so. So a very heartfelt Happy New Year to you, my friends. On that note, I am especially grateful this month to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means so much, more than you can know. I have a new patron to thank, too. My warm gratitude and lots of love going out to C H who not only became a monthly supporter through Patreon, but also donated the price of many metaphorical coffees to the show through coffee.com. Thank you so much, Voltarch. That was such a wonderful gift to receive over the holidays. If you'd like to support the show on a monthly basis, check out my page at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. For every supporter of $1 US or more a month, you can receive access to my complete podcast soundtrack, which grows every episode. For every supporter of $5 US or more a month, you get that perk, as well as a monthly tarot reading video I record for the full moon. Again, that's patreon.com slash darkcoldnight to learn more about donating monthly. If you'd prefer to donate one time only, at whatever amount, and with no additional perks, except of course a shout-out here and on my social media, which I also do for monthly patrons, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And we also have t-shirts and hoodies at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. I would also like to thank iTunes listener from Great Britain, Jay of the World, who left me a very, very kind five-star review through Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Jay of the World. You can also review podcasts on Spotify now, and it would be a great help to me if you're enjoying the show, if you went to On a Dark Cold Nights page on Spotify and dropped me a star rating. That sort of thing really helps us podcasters out, so I would greatly appreciate that. You can also leave me a review on Facebook, To follow me there, you can follow my page just called On a Dark Cold Night. I'm also on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, on YouTube, channels just called On a Dark Cold Night, or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. Thank you for listening. This was a strange episode for me to write. A little self-soothing, perhaps in the middle of a difficult week. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying healthy. Get lots of rest. I'll try to do the same too. I think everyone's a little raw these days. At the risk of sounding, you know, preachy or whatever, I'm just going to say, go easy on yourself. Go easy on others. Walk with care. We'll get through it. Take care, my friends sweet dreams. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar
1: Network. So